I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Seven days. One week. What are you going to be talking about a week from the day? I don't know, man. Joe Burrow, a lot of Joe Burrow content. Uh, number nine, a lot. Of, I don't know. Just that's all I got. It's all training <laughs> camp, man. <laughs> rookies yes, sir, on man. rookies on Tuesday. Everybody else on Wednesday. Time yeah. to time to see what we look like outside of our underwear. It's great. Yeah. I mean, the Bengals already teased us with pictures with headband Joe, you know. So the, the, that's going to be nice. I th- I'm excited to see that new look. Um, you know, um, the safeties and the right tackle competition, all that's going to be talking subjects with training camp. So we'll see what happens. I'm excited for it. Yeah, hey, right I, I, listen, we got some good. We got some good stuff today, though. I mean, we got running back valuations have went crazy and haywire. Everybody talking about that. We got Justin Jefferson. We got some fancy football. We're going to talk about. It's a nice little show. Should we get into it? Let's do it. Yes, sir. All right. All right, we are back. Welcome to Running Through the Jungle. 
I'm your host, Brandon Harriet, with your host, Justin Lacey, and our guest from the channel, Chase Younce. Chase, how you doing today? Man, doing pretty good. Just, uh, you know, a lot of work. Been uh, grinding on the Cut the Chase Sports Podcast, man, and uh, just excited to be back here again. So we are going to be uploading this. Uh, will be our first upload to video. Uh, we're working on YouTube right now to go live. Hopefully, we'll get that figured out next week. Um, so you will see Chase, uh, for those of you on YouTube, I think he's got one fantasy board he's showing, and one looks like he's covering it up, like he's not willing oh. to let the goods go. Well, there's one back there behind this green screen or tarp, you want to call it. There's uh, there's one over there, and then right to my right, there's a board on top of a board on top of a board. So that's all I gotta you got to say. You got levels to this. Huh? Levels that, to this right? stuff. 83, man, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, Justin, how you been, man? Oh, man, I'm doing fantastic, ready to get rock and rolling with you guys. Yeah, Chase got the ultimate setup, and so do you, be there. You have a great setup, too. Um, for those that are going to be viewing this on YouTube, I'm a little bit of a blank check here, meaning that I don't have anything hanging on my walls just as yet. Um, I'll get I'll get there. You know, I'll definitely keep building as we continue to grow. Hey, it's a long season. It's a so, long season. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I uh, I got I've got some stuff on order too. We're gonna see. Uh, f- for those of you watching, we see I've got a flag over my shoulder here uh, for the running through the jungle flag. Also got uh, got the running through the jungle merch. Merch, merch. So I uh, got Love some it. shirts and hats. I got some more um, uh, getting made for the fellas. Uh, they are obviously more fit than me, so my fat sizes did not fit them. So. I got correct sizing coming. We'll get those shipped out <laughs> to everybody. Uh, but yeah, let's get into the show. Um, we did a little pivot about what we were going to talk to since Sunday. We we kind of talked about what we were getting into today, and and uh, here come the running back valuations. And uh, Justin, you, you you had you had had something to say about this, so I'll let you start it off. Uh, running back valuations in the league seem to have uh, taken a nosedive over the past four or five years. What do you got to think about? It? Yeah, definitely. It's it's kind of a triggering point at this for me because it's really sad where we have gone with the running back position that we have sort of purposely devalued it because of the aesthetics of the passing game sort of taking over, which I understand, you know, the passing offenses, that tends to be the uh, the thing that sells the tickets. You know, we, we have a high-flying passing quarterback and a high-flying passing offense, but at the end of the day, that running game still matters. What was always very frustrating to me was that People like to say, oh, you can find a running back anywhere, which in theory you can in a lot of ways. But people only say that until they need a running back. And I said this on the heels of Joe Mixon when he decided to uh, restructure or I'm not even sure if restructure is the right terminology because it was sort of like a pay cut uh, mm-hmm. when he decided to redo his contract, so to speak. And yeah, so restructuring very- would add years to it. Uh, or right. add, add, a, add a new contract. This is the same contract. He just took a reduced salary. Right. He just took a reduced salary and then just kind of split it in half. And essentially, that that's essentially a pay cut. I get it that it's it's going it's something different in a lot of people's minds. But, you know, regarding the technical terms of it, whatever you want to call it, Joe Mixon is still going to be a bangle, and he understands the more important aspect of winning. Um, but nonetheless, this whole thing kind of started for me when – you saw by the deadline that Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs were not offered deals 
maybe I will only say that they weren't offered. I'm not really kind of sourced out in that manner, but it was very surprising that they weren't really given the extensions after their rookie contracts. And they've been, they've been great players. They've been great running backs. I understand that Barkley had a couple of uh, injury history a little bit there, but the dude has been a very valuable player to his team. He's the, he's the heart and soul, the nucleus, the engine that keeps that team going. If you ask me, he's, probably the most valuable player on that team outside of, other than Daniel Jones. Um, some would even say that Barkley's better than Daniel Jones. I would. But in to see that it is kind of like a chain reaction and always automatically assume that basically running backs supposed to work and perform as hard as everybody else on the team, but they're supposed to be paid the least. That doesn't make any sense to me. And I feel like that we live in a world where running backs are just automatically just look as uh, – as just such a pawn position, whereas they're, they're, they mean so much to the team, you know? So, it, yeah, it's definitely a triggering point for me, you know, because I definitely feel for those guys. They do, they definitely deserve the bag. Um, and it sucks what they're going through right now. And then that, those are not the two that's a part of dealing with that. There's others and the other veteran running backs, I should say, that everybody's more or less excited about the, the new toys, like rookies and um, – you know, for them to come into the fold and take their jobs, whereas it's like you've got young players that are still they're in the peak of their prime, running hard like Saquon mm-hmm. Barkley. Just well, give him the bag, like just give him what he deserves. So, so saying, go ahead. Let me let me go ahead and keep to my be dirt moniker here and, and and kind of be the devil's advocate and and keep the ball in your court here. Um, the the reports I saw was Saquon. Saquon were four years, 52, 13 a year. Mm. So where is that number? I, I think the skew comes a little bit from you've got wide receivers getting in that 25 to 30 million range with uh, mm-hmm. the new deal that Tyreek Hill did and, and, and so on and so forth. So where where's that number fit in your mind? Like where's fair? play at, at the top end. I mean, Saquon's top three running back. I don't think anybody would argue that, especially for that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where, where do you see that number falling? If it's more than 13, where, where do you think it's at? Well, not to say that if it's, it should be like an exact number behind it. If I were to place a number value, I'm not going to sort of dodge the question there that you said. So I will probably put it maybe around a 14 million range, maybe 15, you no. know, I mean, just think about it. Christian McCaffrey signed a, an extension and he got a $16 million contract per year contract not that long ago. When mm-hmm. Joe Mixon signed his contract, um, he averaged $12 million a year, a four-year, $48 million deal. Obviously, some of that was sort of like um, not like not fully guaranteed. And, so, and the guaranteed numbers are a different argument there, but he deserves to be amongst the highest paid, you know? And I think that Give him a fair shot to, you know, prove he's proven that. Give him a share shot to earn that because he has. And uh, and then whatever happens in years down the road, just like with any other player that doesn't live up to that contract, find a way to pivot, move off, restructure, however you want to do it, and call it a day. All right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't argue with you. I, I'm all for players getting paid. Um, you know, running backs are important. Chase, how important do you think they are and, and, and how do you think it's fair for the undervaluation they're having right now? Or, or are you are you pro running back? 
Well, let's just mention this. Kickers are getting paid on average $2.2 million to running backs getting paid $1.8 million. I, I, I saw think, that. Stat. I think that's absurd. I, I truly do. Because it's like, you I know, like, know that. Uh, yeah, I allude to what Justin said, man. I mean, there's running backs, you know, they win games. There's times where they win games. I know quarterbacks are, you know, the guys that, you know, they, you know, they're the moneymaker. They are the franchise piece. But, you know, without a good run game or anything like that, I mean, your team's just going to become one dimensional and it's going to be a problem when it comes later on in the playoffs. And I know, you know, you could draft the running back, you know, later rounds and stuff like that, that has shown, you know, shown true. And, you know, the modern running back nowadays isn't your 25 to 30 attempts, you know, run them in between the tackles first, second down, throw them third and four. It's, pass catch out of the backfield four or five six times a game it's run the football 15 times a game vary it off the tackle i mean in you know in between the guards i mean it, it you know it's 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 a lot there's a lot more variation to it now and i just wanted to mention with josh jacobs and saquon barkley josh jacobs led the league in rushing last year he had 1600 yards 12 touchdowns saquon barkley had 1300 yards and 10 touchdowns uh both of those teams relied on them heavily because mm-hmm. let's say this Derek Carr wasn't the best last season. He he was mm-hmm. definitely he was not his playoff self when you know they, they he went to the playoffs in 2021. Josh Jacobs, he, he had his fifth year option was declined. Like, let's not forget that it wasn't picked up going right. into this year. So this was basically a contract year, and it was one of the worst things for the Raiders possible to see Josh Jacobs go and lead the league in rushing. It was a great thing, but then it was a bad thing as well. And, you know, now you're in this situation, and it honestly, it's like, well, we can't, we don't want to pay you because we don't really value that much. We have Devontae Adams out here that we got to worry about paying. We got to worry about making him happy, but we can't figure out who our quarterback is because Jimmy Garoppolo can't pass a, can't pass a damn physical. So, I don't know. It's a lot of a lot of weird things going on. But but you know, Josh Jacobs deserves to get paid. Saquon Barkley, especially Saquon Barkley, considering the fact that the Giants went to the playoffs last year, Lord knows how they made the playoffs. Their defense was terrible. Daniel Jones just didn't turn the ball over. Saquon was the team last year on offense. Obviously, yeah. Brian, Brian Dable played a part in it, but Saquon was the team on offense. And there's just some teams that have identities that are run first and will play action off of it. The Browns, for example, Nick Chubb. I know they have depth with Kareem Hunt. And then uh, what was the who was the guy? Uh, Demetric Felton and Dearness John- Johnson. Dearness Johnson, yeah, Dearness Johnson. Yeah. That that was a big one. Yeah, so like they had they had so much depth that you know they were able to you know able to do that. But like Nick Chubb's a premier running back. Saquon, Josh Jacobs, they're all premier running backs and stuff. Um, but some teams, their identity is we're just going to run the football and we're going to, you know, work off that and pass it. And if, you know, if your primary position, your primary goal on offense is to run the football, using those guys to run the ball 20, 25 times a game, use them out of the backfield, it should get paid. I know Saquon or whatever, I think it was like he was asking for, what was that? I think I heard something about 16 one 16 time. Was the 16 was number. Yeah. I, I think he wanted I, to get what McCaffrey had. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, McCaffrey was also hurt as well. So it's like, it's a weird, it's a weird thing when you talk about the valuations and the numbers. Like, Mm -hmm. if the top of the line, I'd say right now, considering Saquon's injury history, Josh Jacobs, not as bad of injury history as Saquon, like 14, you know what I'm saying? 14 Mm -hmm. isn't bad. 
and both of them, it seemed like from what I heard, both of them, they were not too far off from both of their contracts getting done. They really weren't. So, I mean, at that point, it's like, you know, if if it's pretty close or it's that ballpark range, just get it done, have security, you're getting paid that much, and you're still at the height of your career. That's still $12, $13, 14000000 million. And I, I would just say you take the contract there. But it's also saying, hey, you're one of the best running backs in the National Football League. No slight about it. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, you know, being somebody who was on a debate team in college, I look at this a multitude of different ways, right? Um, last year was probably the healthiest in several years that Christian McCaffrey's been. And very dynamic pass catcher out of the backfield, um, you know, explosion, those kind of things, as well as being able to run between the tackles. So I, I get the value that he has. It's, you know, an elevated value. Um, maybe he's a little bit more than a Saquon, Josh Jacobs. Maybe they're that second tier because of what he can do catching the ball out of the backfield. But as soon as I say that, I can argue the other side of it. When Elijah Mitchell was healthy – his snap count went from 70% to just a, at 50, just above 50. So Elijah Mitchell ran the ball just as much as actually more than when he was healthy than Christian McCaffrey did. So you look at it, you can make those arguments with them. Then you look at, you know, yes, listen, if it's third and goal from the two-yard line, you better have a running back you can get it to. I think the Seattle Seahawks proved that. You know, I mean, you don't want to throw that slant, and if you got, if you got beast mode back there, you'll be ridiculed the rest of your life. Um, I, I like running backs. You also look at. Uh, I, I love running the ball. I love it when you're taking that pounding to somebody, and 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 at the end of the game, you watch it, and you can bleed out for the last four or five minutes of the clock. Man, that is beautiful to me. Um, but there's injury prone. I get both sides of it, not wanting to put too much into it, all your eggs in one basket. Um, but you're also paying, you know, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. So you're paying two people there. Yeah. You know, maybe it's not the same valuation because it is more of a passing league because you can't hit the quarterback. You can't do those things. Maybe, maybe I get that there's maybe it's 25 million, but I don't see why it can't be 15. I don't know why the the difference between 13 and 15 um, getting a deal done to me. Um, I, my boss uh, at work calls it a sparrow's belch in a hurricane. It's it's not going to be noticeable. Uh, you're talking about 225 million dollar payroll. If you give your star running back, who's one of your top players on your team, probably the top player, one of the top in the league, an extra million dollars, you know what I mean? Like, get right. a di get a different punter. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it's better. I think it's better spent there. So I'm not going to disagree with you there. Uh, since you did have a little more fuel in your fire, Justin, did you want you want you want to sound us off here? Anything you want to say on the way out? Oh, no, not too much, uh, not too much. But other than this, I, I, I do care about position. I, I mean, again, I understand over the last several years that we've all made the argument and all heard the argument that the running back position is not kind of mattered in the sense where 
and it's becoming more of a dying breed, sort of like linebacker when you think about it on defense, because linebackers are not really getting the same kind of bag like they used to back in the early 2000s. You don't really point at anybody and think to themselves, oh, that's the next Ray Lewis anymore. I also know that Roquan Smith, you know, got the bag. I think he got a $100 million contract with Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but he fits that system perfectly. Like, he was that, he was the perfect key that just unlocked everybody else on that defensive side of the ball. He made Patrick Queen look better than what he was. So, uh, I have to give him credit to that there. So, his value was immense, truly. But – I think that ultimately at the end of the day, you, you can't be scared to invest in the position. You know, you, you just can't be, especially if the uh, if you're a team that are leaning towards you don't know what you got at quarterback like the New York Giants. Yeah, you gave Daniel Jones a $40 million contract, but that's the That's the contract here. I have a problem with. When you that, was about the Giants. that was so that's dumb. That's crazy. Exactly. So dumb. So dumb. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's you're saying you can spend that. 40 yeah. on him and not 15 on Saquon. Then, then we start having a different argument. You know, yeah. uh, when, when you've got a great player like that, who's not, you know, there's a fall off at 31 uh, historically with running backs. You're not talking about this is his second contract. You get that one contract right now after your rookie mm -hmm. deal, that you can really make some money. I don't think that that's what you got to worry about paying them. Um, so, you know, it's the old adage, it's, you know, a bird in a hand is worth two in the bush. You got your great player right there. He wants to resign yeah. with you. He just wants an extra million or two. Mm -hmm. Give it to him. You got him. You don't know what exactly. you're going to find the next time. Uh, you Didn't know, Jake Juan Barkley win rookie of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, he was the last running back to win it. So there you go. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's thought about like, it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah he got it over Baker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. And listen, we Bengals fans know when you draft a running back, it, it's not, you know, Kajana Carter's happened. Things happen. Yeah, like it looks like a home run. I mean, that guy. Yeah. I remember. I thought from coming out of Penn State, he was going to be better than you know sliced bread, and you know injury prone. Couldn't play on the turf, and he was done. So, yeah. so you, you got somebody that looks tough. Take him, sign him. I agree yeah. with you. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll pivot here, uh, going from the running backs to our friends, the Diva wide receivers. <laughs> and uh, you know they're never they're never short on making noise. And uh, our, our friend Justin Jefferson, uh, you know, old teammate of of Jamar Chase, uh, he made some noise saying that his top five quarterback list, which you normally don't see these guys come out and do. Um, it, he didn't give the Jamar Chase answer. He didn't give the Pat Who answer. He gave the top five, and he did not put his quarterback in there. So, I don't know. Should we feel slighted if we're, uh, you know, if we're Kirk Cousins, do we feel slighted or do we – do we understand where he's coming from? Chase, what are your thoughts? It's 50-50 for me. I think, you know, it's like par – partially it's like, you know, you're like, man, where's my love for literally having, you know, like 40% of my yards were to you? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I gave you like all – all that was for you, man. That was for a 13-4 and four season. It went in 11 one-score games. But, you know, and, and then part of it is like, you know, Kirk Huskies of motivation. He's like – you know what? Like, I do have to be better. And I, I got to be a better, you know, quarterback, you know, for my team. And, you know, maybe in some bigger moments, stuff like that. He already knows that. But, 
you know, maybe he can take it as motivation and not take it personally or anything like that. But, you know, 40% of his yards were to Justin Jefferson, though. Like, that's hey, you know, he got plenty lot. of targets, huh? Plenty yes, of did. targets. Lots, lots of them. Yeah, I don't know. So, uh, Justin, what do you think? Should 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 there be some hurt feelings? Uh, does Justin Jefferson owe Kirk Cousin an apology, or just keep it keep it moving? Man, Justin Jefferson's just got to keep it moving, man. He said his list. Um, I don't have any uh, like elongated issue with his list. And if I'm Kirk Cousins, I gotta look at it with an honest standpoint. It's like I get it that you want. You want your players to kind of go to bat for you in the public eye and say the cookie cutter things that in you know to the media press, but there's a vast difference between Jamar Chase and his comments that he made about putting Joe Burrow number one and then saying Pat like Jamar Chase truly believes Joe Burrow will in no shame of doubt be the best quarterback at some point. It may not be like during that moment right now because Patrick Mahomes got the number, he got the ring. But Justin Jefferson, uh, he just coming at it with just being honest. And I think Kirk Cousins need to understand, like, look, pay attention to this list. Would he actually put himself above a guy like Joe Burrow, a guy like yeah, Patrick that's what Mahomes I was wondering and too. And Josh Allen, and you know, I think yeah. Jalen Hurst was number four in that list. And it's just no, man. Like you got to be honest with yourself sometime. We're I don't even know how many years are we in with. Cousins' career, you're 11. I think 12? Yeah, you're, you're 12 now. Yeah, I mean, and, and, like, and, is he really going to get better and, 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 and think is, that he's going to be a top five quarterback now? Yeah. I mean, he has his moments and he has his things, but come on, man, he got to be realistic with himself, man. So no, Justin Jefferson, don't apologize for your list. I think he, he doesn't have any problem going to bat for his quarterback in any other sense, but he's being honest, man. So yeah, yeah, and I, I respect it. And yeah. something I took away from that quarterback uh, Netflix special is Kirk Cousins a level-headed guy. He's a humble guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he would take this any sort of way. I don't think it's going to be anything in that locker room whatsoever. I think that's the least yeah. of their worries or their issues. Yeah. Um, this did get me thinking of something. Uh, so I was like, you know, their their top five quarter quarterback list, for those of you who haven't seen it yet, uh, ju- according to Justin Jefferson, Number five, Josh Allen. Number four, Jalen Hurts. Number three, Joe Burrow. Number two, Aaron Rodgers. And number one, Patrick Mahomes. I got no problem with number one. I don't know. I I think he's expecting – I don't know if he's given the career uh, longevity award here at number two for Aaron Rodgers or he expects a bounce-back year for Aaron Rodgers. Or maybe he wants to (laughs) secretly go to the Jets and get some passes and maybe win. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. But I wouldn't put I wouldn't put him above. No, nah. I would maybe put him at five. To be honest with you, out of this list. Yeah. So, yeah. so that said, this got me thinking, and I started thinking about it a little bit differently when I started looking at Joe Burrow's career, and I thought to myself, how would I rank the Bengals' all-time quarterbacks as it sits right now? Where does Joe Burrow get when you look at that? that top of the hill status is, is he there with boomer Kenny Anderson? I don't know. I'm going to let you guys think of that. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, for those of you on watching this on YouTube, you're going to just watch us, uh, stare at each other and sharpen our pencils for about 10 seconds. And then we'll get right back to it. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. All right, we are back. Left off with best Bengals quarterbacks of all time. I'm going to go right to you with it, Justin. Where do you think Mr. Burrow has gotten to? And where are the other the other uh, quarterbacks that we've had throughout our, our lustered uh, franchise career? Where do they fall at? What do you got? So we're doing top five best Bengals quarterback. I'm three. I'm I'm going to give you three. Top. Just do top three. three. Uh, I think there's definitely a shelf at three, right? Yeah. I think we all agree with that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm. I'm going to go with Burrow number one. And I understand that he's only about to get ready to go into year four. But come on, the things that he's accomplished and he he plays he plays the game. Obviously, we know with the with the fluid mind of just. He's the he's the, he's he's just the best in my opinion of what the Bengals have ever had. Um, followed by Kenny Anderson and then Boomer Esiason, who both respectfully got an NFL MVP and a Super Bowl appearance as well during their tenures, and that's respectable for them. But Burrow, what he's done so far, um, who also was in MVP conversations for the last two seasons, comeback Player of the Year, potentially winning even more NFL MVPs, and the beautiful thing about Burrow's career is that. It's not over, obviously. It's just getting started. So he definitely belongs on the top shelf for me, followed by Ken Anderson and Boomer Size. All right. Chase, you got the same list, or what do you got? So with, you know, 
so when we made it to the Super Bowl in 2021, if Burrow would have won that game, obviously I think everybody would have been like, okay, he's the greatest Bengal. I, I, I maybe the greatest Bengal of all time. Like I know uh, there's Anthony Munoz. Anthony like, Munoz. Would I know. Like to have a I word, know. sir. He would like to have a word, but Burrow would also like a Super Bowl ring. But I will say this: um, right now, right now, I don't think we can, uh, you know not say disregard, but really just forget the work that Kenny Anderson did in Cincinnati, you know, over the course of like a 15 year career that he, he had there. Um, I think Burrow's a really close second, but I think if Burrow is able to, you know, to still play at this high level, which we know he can do, if he's able to play at this high level this year, like I think he'll, he'll end up being number one, like after the season, like, I don't know. It's just like for, for me personally, I just, I just want to see it. Uh, you know, I just want to see it another time, stuff like that. I already trust Burrow, all this other stuff. But, like, you know, if Burrow does it again, he's number one in my book. Uh, I just, you know, with Kenny Anderson, with all he was able to do back then with, you know, being a way different game than it is now, I mean, that was, you know, 40, 45 years ago. So, you know, got to give respect to Kenny and all that. And and he's a Hall of Famer. Like, like he is a Hall of Famer, but he is not in it. Like, that is – I think that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. There are a couple – guys that are in there you know that are hall of famers but they just have not given them the respect him willie anderson like etc and then boomer size in that three can't discredit the work that he did you know nine years as the Bengals quarterback and all so i have anderson burrow uh and boomer size but burrow's probably going to take over here this uh, next season so that's a that's a great segue into my take on this um i, I i'll say justin Hands down, I think the most talented quarterback that we've had is number nine. He's playing right now. Um, I, I I think you know Carson Palmer. Would you would you throw him in the list? He's a four. He's to me at four, um, five. Throw them all in a bucket and pick one out. So outside looking in, I'll give Carson Palmer a little bit of due. Right? I'll say I'll say good things about him. He, he was a good Bengal. Um, I look at it a little differently when, when they talk about, you know, uh, one of the, one of the main takes of the hall of fame is, could you write the history of the league without them? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, what both, both Boomer and Ken Anderson, uh, and all three there and, um, Joe Burrow have all been in, but not one, a Super Bowl. So then I start looking at it from that, that perspective outside of that how does this lens look as far as writing the nfl what did they change what was the landscape what were the rivalries stuff like that i've got joe burrow with his rivalry going on right now with patrick mahomes and those two are going to be linked and etched in stone so i've got him at number two um and i think that we're probably a season or two away from me having a completely different take on this, but that that's going to, he's going to be more relevant, I think, than any other Bengal as far as the history of the NFL. And that's going to be the difference that you may see with your Anthony Munoz take. I just yeah. can't do it. I can't do it. To him <laughs> yeah, right no, I, I know. I know. I know. I just, that guy you know, sacrificed, I know, I know, that guy sacrificed I know. fingers did. for us. Have you seen he what did. directions oh. those things point? I mean, those things man. go on, man. south, east, west, south, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Central he was a beast. <laughs> so then I, in a, in a complete upset from you guys, hmm. because what they did 
with the sugar huddle, the no huddle, the offense that they were running with Sam Weish, mm. that changed a lot of stuff in the league. So I think yeah. Boomer has the MVP, has the um, the uh, the appearance in the Super Bowl. I think you can't write the league history without what they did, which spawned what the Bills did, yep. which spawned a lot of different hurry-up offenses that we now see when people want to change the way things are going. You see immediately they go to pace. They immediately they go to no huddle. Two you see those ago, guys yeah. doing it. So uh, calling those plays at the line of scrimmage. So I think because of that, I give Boomer one, I give Burrow two, and I give Kenny Anderson three. Those three are very bunched to me, though, with an outside yeah. looking in for Carson, Carson Palmer. No disrespect to anyone. This thing, hopefully, next season, completely different list. Yeah. <laughs> wow, we think, think about that. We we had different ones. This is I like it. Like yeah, I know, think it's we a, had different I, perspectives on. It. I like it a lot. Well, I like you, it too. Yeah, you you can because of the difference in their careers and what they did, and you know it's yeah. There's a lot going on there. There really is. Mm -hmm. um, That's true. So the other thing that this Justin Jefferson list made me think of was uh, so he wanted to judge the top five quarterbacks in the league. I said, well, what about the top five wide receivers? And I started looking at the top five wide receivers, and I thought, man, I'm just going to rattle these off. And I thought, oh, this is harder than I thought it was. Um, so then I started doing some research. I started looking at, you know, PFF. I started looking at, at different ath the athletic, and I started looking at what these guys are getting paid at at Sport Tech, and I started looking at all these different things. Oh, I had to come back, take a deep breath, you know, go get a nice lemonade, <clears throat> uh, and uh, and then come back to my list and see what it was. But I did task you guys with coming up with your top five, Chase. Who you got at five? We're gonna we're gonna go round a horn here. We're gonna get everybody's five. Cool. Number five in the league is AJ Brown. What he was able to do last year with the Philadelphia Eagles, first year, go to the Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts was incredible. It fourteen hundred ninety six yards, had over you know over eighty catches last season. He had double digit touchdowns. What he was able to do in the Philadelphia Eagles uniform especially coming from the Tennessee, uh, you know, Tennessee Titans when it was a run-first offense. And not saying the Eagles are a run-first offense, but they added a new dimension with A.J. Brown, and it ultimately led them to the big game. Yeah, he's uh, he's maybe the most muscular wide receiver on this list if, uh, yeah. if DK <laughs> doesn't get in here, right? <laughs> All right, Justin, who you got at number five? Well, this is a toss-up to me because I was going to pick either Terry McLaurin or DK Metcalf, and I'm actually going to say DK Metcalf. He has a slight Woo! edge over Terry McLaurin, oh. and Terry McLaurin is more athletic as the terms that he can do. Like he kind of reminds me of a modern-day version of Chad Johnson if he was still playing. But DK Metcalf sort of reminds me of a modern-day Terrell Owens. You know, I understand that there there may have been some a little bit of slight production fall off, but since he's been in the league as a second-round pick, I mean. I remember, you know, in 2019 when uh, we drafted Drew Sample, and I was very frustrated because I said DK Metcalf was right there on the board, you know, and to see what he's become now to where he's like a 
superhuman. Like it's almost like he's the Incredible Hulk at wide receiver. That is impressive to look at. I mean, that's impressive just to see. Um, this guy makes you know can make big catches. He makes big plays. He's a he's one of the better deep threat receivers in the league. And quite frankly. Uh, his hair is a little bit too much out of the range for my taste. But at the end of the day, you know, this guy, he, he got hands for days, too. And you can also argue that he had sort of helped rejuvenate Russell Wilson's career before it sort of went in the toilet a little bit. Um, but number five for me is DK Metcalf. You know, I, I, I'm not going to argue uh, because I don't want beef with DK Metcalf. <laughs> that's a that's a large human being, man. I'm I'm gonna leave yeah. him go. That's um, a big guy. Yeah, I, I you know he he's he definitely got a uh, definitely got probably uh, a better argument for him than who I'm gonna give you at five. I'm gonna give you a little bit of a and I did mine is this year this year 2023. Who do I have coming in at number five? And I'm gonna go with. Amon Ross St. Brown. Detroit Lions against everybody. Everybody knows Detroit against everybody. Um, but I'm going to say almost 1,200 yards last year, six touchdowns. We need to have that touchdowns obviously increase. I think we're going to see some more passing his way increase. Um, as – Jared Goff went later in the season. It seemed like he got more comfortable with them. They got a little more balanced on offense. They're going to open that up a little bit more with Jameer Gibbs coming out of the backfield. Um, you know, they, they got the kid from Iowa uh, at, at um, tight end. Like, they, they've got some, some better pieces. I think that offense is going to open up a little bit. So, I'm going to, I'm going to actually put Amon Ross St. Brown at five in a slight upset. Chase, like welcome it. back. Like you get your technical <laughs> difficulties taken care of? Yes, yes. Had to switch cameras real quick. But yeah, life happens, right? At least you're, te you're tech savvy enough to pull that off. I might I might still be yelling at my camera. Um, <laughs> we're at number four. So you didn't miss anything but me saying Amon Ross St. Brown. So cool. in, in the upset at, at, at five. So who do you got at number four? Number four in the league, I have Tyreek Hill. I know Tyreek Hill had a fantastic season last year. He was, you know, a couple two of his games away from uh, maybe reaching 2,000 yards like he said he was going to do this year. Obviously, he's got Jalen Waddle in there, but Tyreek Hill's still doing some great stuff. Um, I, I think, you know, he's very versatile and all, but, you know, I just have him at four because the top three I just think are – very, very elite class. I, I'll say number, I'll say the four, the top four. But I, you know, you can reshuffle it however you want. But just uh, you know, the impact that these guys have made uh, on DBs one on one has been pretty crazy. All right, I like him. He's definitely in my top four. Justin, who you got at four? You know, this is such an incredible, difficult thing to do. As you said in the opening intro, going into this list, is that you might think, oh, you can just write off a bunch of names, and you thought. Man, when you try to divide their games up and then try to peer away into a, a top five list, it's, it's crazy. But number four, I got Stephon Diggs. Um, he he was the, the big go-to guy for Josh Allen. You can make the case that if he wasn't on that team, 
then Josh Allen would struggle mightily getting the ball downfield, even though I think Josh Allen's an elite quarterback. Uh, but for me, Stefan Diggs is number four. He, he He's boastful. He's brashful. He's also a big play receiver. He can He's one of the better route run technicians in the game. Um, I haven't seen him really kind of – really kind of taper off any production since he's been in the league. And this is going back to his days in Minnesota. So I, I have him at number four. And it was a toss-up, too, uh, between him and, you know, A.J. Brown, as with Chase you mentioned earlier. But I, I got to give respect to Stefan Diggs here. All right. I, uh, you know, Stefan Diggs, I – I was I, I didn't understand when he left Minnesota when they, Minnesota got rid of him and didn't keep him. It, it it was definitely a red flag for me, and I'm really hoping now that he's starting to chirp about the Buffalo Bills offense and stuff. I'm really hoping he tears them down from the inside out. I I would love that. I mean, I'm, I'm good with it. Uh, you know, go ahead, spill those toxic, you know, fumes everywhere. Whatever you got to do, go ahead and get it done. That said, Stefan Diggs, you're number four on my list as well. He's a bad man. He makes some incredible for you know being a slider build. He he is tough as nails going over the the middle and in those seams, and he makes some really good contested catches. Uh, so I also. Had him at my number four. Chase, who you got at number three? Number three, I got Jamar Chase, our guy. Um, the impact that he has on a football game and a team is unbelievable. Uh, I know last year he didn't play in four games. The Bengals were three and one, but when Jamar Chase is on the field, I mean, you have to see, you know, you got to double cover him at all times. If you're not, good luck. All right. Uh, you know, Jamar, when he walked in, in 2021, you know, he went to the Super Bowl. It was a completely different offense. We were able to take the top off the defense. We were able to do a lot of different things. Uh, and he was, you know, winning multiple routes. And I think he is just – he's that energizer bunny. He's the do-it-all type of guy. And he really puts fear into offensive coordinators. That's what my top four guys – obviously, you know, like Stephon Diggs are just guys that are outside on my list of the top five. They all put fear in, in offensive coordinators. But the top four, Tyree Kill, Jamar Chase, the other two that I'm about to mention – they put absolute it, – it, it's, it's incredible. I can't find more right Yeah, I, I I mean, I don't think you're going to get a whole lot of argument from uh, Bengals fans on that either. Uh, Justin, who do you got for number three in your list? Yeah, this is going to be people that's going to argue uh, to our fellow fan base that will say, oh, well, Jamar should be number one and all this and that. For me, number three, I think, is a safe landing zone for him as well, for me too. I mean, he's just special. I mean, there's a reason why we argued the Sewell Chase debate back in the 21 draft. And the argument was exactly when you watch Chase play, it's kind of like how I mentioned earlier when about Roquan Smith just unlocking the rest of that defense. Well, Jamar Chase does that too for the Bengals offense. You see the very best versions of T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, and he elevates the receiving room, which then allows Joe Burrow to elevate him. That's always what my argument is was about. He was just that perfect caliber receiver um i almost kind of put it in the basket of like he's a more muscular and a more bigger version of antonio brown 
Um, and Antonio Brown, who's a, is a dog, you know what I mean? I hate the jersey that he wore, but man, yeah, I see man. so many shades of Antonio. Uh, I see so many shades of Antonio Brown when I watch him, and he high points the ball so well, kind of like how Dez Bryant did back in his prime years with the Cowboys. So Jamar Chase lands at number three for me with the potential to climb higher, and yeah, I think he will climb higher when by this, when it's all said and done. All right, well. I, uh, I really, I try, I focus, I, I, I read a lot of leadership books. I get it. I get into self-motivation, self-help, uh, staying positive. Those are all things that I eat, sleep and breathe. And one of the things that I really try to do is I don't let when other people have a bad attitude or how they, uh, react to certain situations or how they treat me is not going to affect who I am as a person and how I treat people. So I don't allow that. So just, just like that in this instance, I'm not changing my pick. I got Jamar Chase at number three. So it's a clean sweep for uh, for Jamar across the board here. Year one, 1455 in yards, 18 touchdowns, rookie of the year. Um, did battle some injuries last year. Only played 12 games, had over 1,000 yards receiving and 12 touchdowns. So if you... Prorate those out to a 17-game season, 1,481 yards and 17 tutties. So pretty consistent for the first two years. Uh, I like where the offense is going. I like what we do in the offensive line. I think we're going to get a little bit more time uh, for some deep shots. And if we get uh, we get that running game going, I'm saying he looks pretty good on a uh, play-action pass on a double move. A little twitchy on a double move. He might be, you know, Louisiana Bayou. All right, Chase, who you got for number two? Before, one more thing with Jamar Chase. I, if, as long as we have T. Higgins on this roster, he's never going to have the numbers that Justin Jefferson has because Justin Jefferson is basically by himself. And they have rookies in there, right. blah, blah, blah. Just wanted to throw that out there. Number two, yeah. Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, what he was able to do last year, walking in year one with the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, he still had like 1,300 yards receiving. Uh, you know, close to 10 touchdowns. He was still very dominant in another uniform. It just showed that the Green Bay Packers really missed him. I know they didn't make the playoffs, but Devontae Adams was still doing work and still going about his business, and he was still making defensive backs look silly as can be, i.e. week one against the Chargers, making one guy go east while he was going west. There you go. Yeah, Devontae Adams is a stud, so we'll we'll leave it at that and go. Justin, who do you have at number two? Man, I wanted to say Devon, I wanted to put Devonte Adams in this list too, right here in this spot. But I, you know, I, I unfortunately when I made this list, I was just thinking like, man, this is just too much special talent here, um, because I can see Devonte Adams being a guy that's one, two, three, four, or five. For me, I had Tyreek Hill on this list because I truly believe that he could actually be the first receiver to to break open two thousand yards. Um, you know, I get it. He has Jalen Waddle on the other side of the field there, and he's playing with Toy as his quarterback. But man, I think that Mike McDaniel's can craft that offense to be very special, and I think that he can actually be that person to finally do it. Um, it will obviously take a lot of work for him to do, but the guy—he's the fastest player in the league, and he's—it's just not really much more you can say about his speed, but. I absolutely agree with you, Chase, about Devonta Adams because I could easily had him here in this slot too. Um, spoiler: Unfortunately, it's going to my list is going to end without him in the top five. But 
I, I have to stick with um, my gut and just say Tyreek Hill, I think he is more impactful for his team um, moving forward than I'd say Devontae Adams. All right. Uh, for me at number two, it's not Devontae Adams. He's going to turn 31 this season. And I normally see a little bit of a fall off around that age from wide receivers. Do I still think he's going to have a good year? Sure. Uh, I think he'll have a really good year if Tom Brady comes back and throws to him uh, instead of the walking wounded. Um, but I also had Tyreek Hill. Um, and, and, and I would not be surprised if Tyreek Hill has a better season here. I think he plays for an offensive wizard who wants to show off and wants to have gaudy numbers. Um, if Tua um, can also stay out of the uh, emergency room, um, that could be something I could see. I, I, 2,000 yards, maybe. It's a lot, but um, it's 17 games now, and, and, and they're got an explosive offense. So I also have Tyreek Hill at uh, number two. So, Chase – Tell me who you got at number one and why it's Justin Jefferson. So the Vikings in multiple points in history have had like the best receiver in the National Football League, Chris Carter, Randy Moss, uh, now Justin Jefferson. Like it's it's pretty Remember crazy just to think. Sidney Rice was good too. I'm yeah. He was dominant I mean, in 2009. He was. That, yeah. Him and Percy Harvin. Him and Percy Harvin were dogs. You know. Oh, yeah, Percy like, they've had they've had some great. Single receivers, and then they've also had some great duos, Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, a couple of years of it. Yeah. So they've been fantastic with it. But Justin Jefferson, I mean, you walk in the league and have 1,400 receiving yards, and then you go to 1,600 receiving yards, and you go to 1,800 receiving yards. What's the next one up? 2,000? Maybe it's not Tyreek Hill. Maybe it's Justin Jefferson. But, you know, Tyreek Hill in the offense he plays, and I mean, like like you said, Mike McDaniel's a wizard and all that. He could probably get there. But, man, just the stuff that Justin Jefferson's able to do in the slot, on the outside, he makes sure defensive backs look silly. I mean, it just goes without saying. You put the film on, there you go. The best receiver in the National Football League. It's hard to argue. Yeah. That said, Justin, yeah. do you have an upset here? Did you, no, did you slight not. him like he slighted <laughs> his quarterback? Do we have a Kirk Cousins so, moment here? A little Justin bit? on oh, Justin God. crime. <laughs> Shoot. Oh, man, no, I, I can't. I can't slight Justin Jefferson here. No, he decks the number one spot for me as well, too. And it's crazy how he just rolls in the center to the number one spot just naturally, just being himself. The dude is a fluid technician route running himself, man. I just remember the game against the Indianapolis Colts to where he just did this perfect fake slant inside and going outside and going into the end zone just broke the DB's yeah. ankles. And I just thought to myself, that looks easy, but it, look, it is so hard to do, you know, mm -hmm. especially because you, you're sitting on super athletic DBs that just understand how receivers sort of work in the red zone. And Justin Jefferson made them all look silly. I mean, that was just, that was so funny. And, and it was also great to watch him play. And it's just fun watching two of the guys that Burrow threw to in college become this dominant as well in the NFL. And I know it leads to that argument that, well, Burrow had this and that and stuff like that. Ah, oh, shut up, man. Like, the two things can be two. Yeah, like, he had those weapons, but also you can also make an argument that he made those weapons better in college to lead them to having dominant years in the pros. See how that works? So, I yeah, Justin Jefferson definitely takes the top spot for me, too. But your teammate from LSU might take the number one in there soon, bro. So it's just, hey, 
Jefferson, I, I love you and respect you, bro. You're the, you, you're the king on the mountaintop right now for receiving class, but you might not hold it for long, bro. <laughs> Listen, I want to address the, the you know, Burrow not without Chase and Chase, blah, blah, blah. And I've heard this for years about every single sport there is, you know, the, uh, you know, who's the greatest uh, NBA coach of all time. Some say pop, some say those guys had great players. Who's the greatest quarterback of all time. Those guys had great players, great systems. Who's the great, you have to have that. You have to have that, but you also make some of that. Our guy only played 12 games last year. Guess what? Our offense was damn good. Joe Burrow, damn good. Yeah. So it, it's it's both. It takes both to be – you can be really good, but you have to have greatness around you to really elevate that greatness. That said, exactly. Justin Jefferson, for the past several years, he's been the best, uh, the, uh, the best wide receiver in the league, you know, with the best grill in the league. And, uh, you know, I'm going to keep going back to Ric Flair here. To be the man, you got to beat the man. Mm-hmm. So – Somebody got to knock him off that hill. Right now, it's his. All right. So, one of the things I want to do kind of uh, at the end of each show here going into the season, I want to touch on something to do with fantasy football. We're starting to get into that that area where, you know, start doing your research, checking out what you got going on. Um, We had a pretty full slate today of things we wanted to cover. So this one's going to be a little bit of a short snippet into what we've got. Um, But we'll get into this every week. We'll have something else we bring up in here. So this week, fantasy football sleepers from our division, the AFC North. So you've got the Steelers, the Browns, the, the Ratbirds, or us. Who do you think? could be that sleeper out of those four teams. Somebody, and it doesn't have to be somebody that comes out of the middle of nowhere. It could just be somebody that's you think is is very undervalued and where you're seeing them going on draft boards or where you're seeing them listed by the the the, the so-called experts out there. What do you got for us, Justin? Who do you got? Yeah, for me, I'm going to go with Zay Flowers for the Baltimore Ravens. He's a rookie wide receiver. I know a lot of attention has been paid uh, to – um, OBJ and not saying that he's going to get more fantasy value than his rookie teammate, but I think that he's a guy that his, his, his receiving style sort of complements Lamar Jackson perfectly with Lamar's being developed as a passing, passing kind of running quarterback that he is right now. Um, I'm going to go with Zay Flowers. I think he is that like that perfect sleeper that people pay attention to. They know who he is. They understand his rookie, uh, that he's a rookie and he's coming into a potentially brand new offense. But I think in a short window of time, you're going to see his name start to fly up, you know, draft boards based off of his production. And he's a, he's a damn good route runner too, man. Like he was pretty good and fluid in college. And I think that he's going to have a lot of athletic ability and tracing shoulder case that it's going to translate in the league pretty well. Yeah. He definitely got, got a high upside for sure. For sure. Uh, who do you got chase? Who does your, uh, your one sleeper you think is undervalued right now in our, in our division? Well, I think the one guy that's really undervalued, and he's making his way up there right now, Pat Frymuth from the Steelers. Um, I think he's a great tight end. Uh, you know how, you know, in, at Heinz Field now, uh, 
what is it, a Creature Stadium or something? Acrisure Stadium. Acrisure Stadium. Yep, yep. I should have known. I was there last season. But, um, you know, they talk, you know, they do the chant, Heath. Now it's Heath. It's, it's Brad Farber, man. I mean, he's he's legit. Like, yeah. He's, he's going to be one of the focal points of their offense. I know they got, you know, uh, George Pickens on the outside, Deontay Johnson, but where you're going to find a lot of touchdown passes for Kenny Pickett is over the middle, and you're going to see Pat Fryer number 88 celebrating a lot in the end zone. Yeah, I can see that too. Well, you know, what's funny is I, I've got Zay Flowers and George Pickens. Where do you where do you have them going at? I could see those being values in, in a lot of uh, in a lot of places. I live in Pittsburgh. George Pickens is not going to be a value for me in any league that I'm in locally, but it may be in the one that I have that's nationally with people from all over the place. Um, Cause he's going to go higher on, on draft boards. Same with, uh, with Pat Fryermuth, um, Penn state guy who's now playing in Pittsburgh. He's going to go now. Hopefully he stays healthy. He's had some concussion issues. Uh, so if he stays healthy, I agree with you. He could have a breakout season. Um, could be that security blanket for Kenny Pickens in year two. Zay Flowers, the only question I have about him, 5'9". Uh, I don't – you know, he's 5'9", Jamar Chase six foot tall. When you have these shorter, well-built, stocky guys, I'm not worried about, you know, if he can hold up, if he can – what I'm worried about – Lamar Jackson putting a little more touch on the ball instead of throwing those hard seam routes or, or, or hard balls. He may throw he may get enough deep balls to really have some big explosive fantasy touchdowns. So interesting. It's a I think it's high risk, high reward there with Zay Flowers. Um, I'm always gonna mention Chase Brown as often as I can. So he got uh, honorable mention for me here. But I honestly I think it's a Pittsburgh Steeler. I've been seeing this guy come in between 10 and 14. Uh, most places I've seen him 12th running back off the board. Crazy. I think Najee Harris with some of the additions they've made to the offensive line and some of the things they've changed around here. I think he has a bounce back year. I don't know what was going on with him last year. He just didn't seem to be himself. Um, I don't know if he had nagging injuries that we didn't know about something, but I look at Najee Harris having a back bounce uh, bounce back year I expect him to be top six, seven running back on, on the board. I see him going at 12, 13 on most drafts. So I think that's a great value uh, if you can pick him up, you know, late second, third round. So that's my value pick for it. Uh, but, yeah, that's uh, that's our show. That's fantasy football for, for this, our first week of fantasy football coverage. Like I said, every week you will see it uh, coming up. But – Check us out next week. We've got cut to the chase, correct, Chase? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Cannot so you, wait. Your Tuesday night, is that correct? Tuesday night, Tuesday night 8.05. We're going to start breathing a little bit of training camp action. We're going to be down there on Monday. I, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to see what you got. I know uh, you, you just did a, a podcast um, with, what, Ohio State podcast where you had a, a player on, if I'm not mistaken, correct? You want to plug yeah, that? Uh, yeah, had a uh, Dallin Hayden uh, on the podcast uh, last night. He on Tuesday night, uh, he 
plays running back at Ohio State. He stepped in against Maryland, had three touchdowns as a freshman, base coming off the bench. Uh, he'll probably be the starting running back uh, in 2024. Really good player, uh, great guy to have on the show. Then his player comp uh, for himself, Aaron Jones. Nice. Love it. Nice. I love it. I and, and what's the name yeah. of that podcast? Huh? What's the name of the podcast? So, Gut the J Sports Podcast interview with Dallin Hayden. There it is. Check it out, folks. It's good stuff. Uh, Justin, parting shots. What do you got? You know, a lot of what we discussed today was, you know, some top five, you know, top-ish quarterbacks, wide receiver and stuff like that based off of conversation that's been held. Um, I do want to kind of tease you guys in future episodes that I am going to come out with my version and critically analyze the top flight quarterbacks in the NFL and they come out with my list. I can't wait to share it with you guys on the show because it is going to it is going to spin some different heads and stuff. But at the end of the day, it, it, it's it's we need we need it, you know. The training camp's happening. The season's getting ready to roll around. I want to get my takes out there just because I, I know what I, I feel like I'm confident in the things that I say, and I want to kind of spin the block a little bit. So you're going to get that here soon. Nice. I uh, I, I do listen. It's funny you say spin spin the block. That's actually available on Apple and iTunes right now. STB spin the block mod. Uh, who did our uh, intro music and outro music, just dropped that album today. Uh, it'll be available everywhere Thursday at midnight. So shout out to Mod, Spin the Block. There you go. Nice segue, Justin. Didn't know that was going to pop up. Um, yeah, I love it. But no, you know, I, I the short we did last Sunday, uh, talking about the, the mixing contract and, and the, the quarterback documentary was fun for me. What I'm really looking forward to is breaking news. I might be in my skivvies on this. Get Joe Burrow's contract done. Yes. We got seven Please. days till mini camp. If yeah. you want to get that done, or uh, till uh, training camp, if you want to get that done before then, I'm all good for it. If you want to have a crowd for it, yeah. bring it in. Whatever you need, whatever makes you feel good, let's get that bad boy done before the season's here. Um, that said, we are on spotify right now we're going to upload this video on youtube uh apple podcast is fighting with me so we now have a professional uh that's going to get us on apple pod stitcher and all those uh, google uh podcasts and all those things i had to reach out for help i fought long enough i'm just guessing that they know that i'm a samsung guy somehow so they uh, that that's what i'm gonna blame it on the apple pod the cult blocked me, but we will be available on there soon and we will dump them all. So thank you guys for listening to us. Keep down uh, downloading our, our uh, podcast, like subscribe notifications, give us that five-star rating. We need your support to keep building this thing up. Keep bringing you more content, man. We appreciate you guys listening and uh, catch us next week as we're running through the jungle.